Hey friends, my name is Maddie Wong and I'm the creative director here at Fielder Church. And welcome back to another episode of the Fielder Church podcast. I have a very special episode for you today. I have invited three people to come and share with you on how the body of Christ can and should respond to the recent Supreme Court decision to overturn Roe v. Wade. Each week, I hope to bring you interesting conversations that offer biblical, practical advice so that you can live as a follower of Christ outside the walls of the church and equip you to exhale the gospel wherever you go. In today's episode, I hope does just that. Well, if you are tuning in and you are hoping for a riveting political conversation, <laughs> you are in the wrong place. <laughs> we will talk about what happened on June 24th and the ramifications that that had, but we are going to talk about it in light of how the body of Christ can and should respond. So I couldn't think of three better women who are serving our community well and living out their faith in Jesus. And so I invited you all here. So why don't we all start off just sharing who you are, what you do for work, and maybe a little bit about your family. Anybody can go first. <laughs> okay. Well, I'm Holly Tate. I am the Director of Client Services at Metroplex Women's Clinic. Been there about 14 years. It's been the joy of my life to be able to serve there. And I have a husband and two boys. We've lived in this area all my life and just thankful to be a part of today. Awesome. Hi, my name is Stephanie Ott, and I work with Holly at Metroplex Women's Clinic. I am the director of advancement there, so that means I get to have all the fun. I get to <laughs> yeah. go out and talk to people about what we do and, and just really connect with the community. Mm -hmm. So um, I'm really excited to be here. And I have a husband of 35 years, you can probably wow. tell by my gray hair. <laughs> and then I have three children. Um, okay. They are 30, 28, and 25. Wow. So, two boys and a girl. Oh, I love that. It happens, Glenn. Me too. So my name is Glenn McKay. Um, I have the distinct honor and privilege of being married to Richard McKay, who's mm -hmm. the lead missions pastor here at Fielder Church. Uh, we have two boys and a little girl. Our boys are four and three, and we just brought home our little girl uh, through adoption last September. So she's nine months. Um, I do work in the political movement, though I am first and foremost defined as a follower of Jesus. Mm -hmm. um, so I've done work in the pro-family movement that included issues such as life. Um, and now I work for a political organization that helps people get elected to the House and the Senate. So it's a lot of fun over at our house. Yeah, <laughs> I know. I'm excited mm -hmm. for all the insight you guys are going to offer today. So uh, I want to set the stage for the rest of this conversation with uh, right off the bat. So can one of y'all share what happened in our country on June 24th and then talk a little bit about why you think it's important for a Christian or for the body of Christ to be learning and engaging in this conversation? Well, sure. So it was definitely a historical, monumental um, moment in our country um, when um, the decision was uh, made to overturn Roe v. Wade. Um, as you know, Roe v. Wade was the landmark ruling that established um, the constitutional right to abortion. And so this decision that came out um, on June 24th um, does not eliminate abortion altogether, mm -hmm. but what it does is it essentially returns the authority to the individual states so that they may make the decision as to whether they want to eliminate or reduce or mm -hmm. keep abortion um, legal. And so that kind of brings us to where we are even here in Texas. There are mm -hmm. about half of the states mm -hmm. in the country um, have laws that are going to be put in place or have already been put in place um, to reduce abortion. Um, and so Texas will be doing that um, in about 30 days from the decision, mm -hmm. um, which is called the Texas Trigger Law. And so 
Yeah. Right. Yeah. Well, I know that uh, this conversation may, may seem pretty divisive politically. I mean, <laughs> we're all watching social media and the news. But um, I think, I don't know if you agree with me, I think this is an issue that does transcend politics. And yes. it, it really should be a unifying issue among Christians and churches. And so because we are all called by God to stand for justice, show compassion um, and care for the vulnerable. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, I, I do... Just through this conversation, I don't want it to cause more division, <laughs> you know. I'm, uh, but I do want, through what we say today, to push people to find healing in Jesus and to see God's desire for the church in yeah. all of the noise that's happening right now on social mm-hmm. media. Um, this, but we're all aware this is a, a very sensitive issue in our country. Um, mm-hmm. LifeWay actually came out with a research study that said seven in ten women who have an abortion self-identify as Christians. So we're not just talking to women outside the church mm-hmm. when we have this conversation, but we're also recognizing that more than likely each of us know friends or family or have a personal story of walking through an abortion. And so as we kind of think about some of those things, just keep that in mind as we like answer our questions yeah. today. So um, the next thing I want to ask you guys is I don't want to put words in your mouth, but <laughs> would each of you say that you are pro-life and what does that word phrase mean to you? So for me, um, pro-life means that I believe in the sanctity of human life. Mm-hmm. Um, I believe that we are all a unique creation of God, and so it's worthy to be protected. Mm-hmm. Um, but I also believe that pro-life means for life. So not just pro-birth, not just mm-hmm. what happens at that very moment, but um all across their life. So how are we equipping women and families um, with the tools and resources to do this thing well um, so that when they choose life, um, we're coming alongside them over the long haul and really equipping them to be able to um, reach all the, um, the plans that God has for them really good it's like a holistic approach yeah 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 i would say i'm not just pro-life i'm pro-abundant life so i'm for all image bearers and all Mm -hmm. stages and all phases from the moment of conception Mm -hmm. all the way to natural death you know we see in scripture over and over Mm -hmm. like god affirms his work that before we were even in our mother's wombs he knew us yeah um he says there too uh before the foundations of the world i set you apart you know Mm -hmm. he had plans for us Mm -hmm. paul talks about um where his handiwork where his craftsmanship that we were created for good works and to walk in those. Um, So in all of this, you know, I agree. It's not just about saving babies. This is about Mm -hmm. raising the next generation, about equipping men and women Mm -hmm. to rise to their callings, um, to to, to seek the road of salvation, to find Mm -hmm. abundant life in Jesus. John told us that it's the thief that comes to steal, kill, and destroy. And it was Jesus who came to give us life and to give us life abundantly. Mm -hmm. So to me, Again, like just what Holly said, it, it's not just being pro-life. It's a more holistic, abundant life approach, I think, that most yeah. of us take. That's good. Mm-hmm. I completely agree yeah. with both of them. Um, one of the things that struck me, I'm somebody that has abortion in their past, mm-hmm. and I can talk a little bit more mm-hmm. about that later. But um, at, when I became a Christian and began to study the word and began to let it do what it will do, mm-hmm. wash our minds and wash our hearts, you know, I saw that life was the first gift that God gave to man. Mm -hmm. And because of that, 
it, I began to learn life is valuable. And mm -hmm. then as you read the scriptures, like some of the ones that Glenn was talking about, he's all about life, yeah. all about life. Mm -hmm. And if we choose life, we're choosing something that he loves. Yeah. And um, it's easy to choose life. Yeah. You know, <laughs> it's not always easy along yeah, the way, right. but God will be there sure. right. in every situation. Yeah. That's good. Thank you all for sharing. I um, So Metroplex Women's Clinic has been a partner with Fielder Church for a long time. Yeah. And we have been so moved and connected to your goal of not just caring for vulnerable women who are facing unplanned pregnancy, but caring to share the gospel with them also. Mm -hmm. um, tell us a little bit about the services that you, um, or what you have or learned about your time serving our common needs. Oh, excuse me. Tell us a little bit about your services and what you have learned in your time of serving um, our common needs or questions of these women, that families in crisis. Like what are some questions or things yeah. that they have? Sure. I mean, many people are telling them that, you know, why are you not going, why are you going to have this baby when you don't have the means to do so? Mm -hmm. And so I think wow. it's just realizing what their barriers are. Mm -hmm. um, what is um, even giving them the idea that they need to, in their mind, have an abortion. And so it's really reaching in and determining um, what is what are the factors contributing to that. And then coming alongside them, like I've mentioned, um, we have so many services and programs at yeah. our clinics um, to from spiritual services such as discipleship and um, Bible studies mm -hmm. to practical educational programs um, from pre prenatal care to toddler milestones to um, healthy relationships and budgeting all of these services are completely free yeah. and we do them because we want to make sure that the women and families that we serve um, have everything in place to be able to parent their child or even mm -hmm. place their child for adoption um, and feel confident in that decision yeah. so um, we really have to listen in to what their heart what's on their heart mm -hmm. and what's driving their decision and then find ways that we can reach those particular situations and help mm -hmm. alleviate them and um, so that we can um, make choosing life seem doable for them. Yeah, that's really good. Yeah. So if that means, you know, a new mom is needing diapers, like mm -hmm. she's, and they're waiting for the paycheck to come on yeah. Friday, they just need a little bit of mm -hmm. help. Like we're there if they need a little help, yeah. if they need a lot of help. Yes. We wanna keep supporting them. Mm -hmm. And it's been amazing to mm -hmm. see that's all good. that God has done in that. Um, a pack of diapers can make a difference. Yeah. A baby blanket can sure. make a difference. Yeah. yeah, it seems so small, but mm -hmm. you're you're showing intentionality. Yeah. You're reaching out to those and women. I just want to affirm and promote the work that they're doing mm -hmm. at yeah. MWC. I mean, you're walking with women and men mm -hmm. um, yeah. from the moment they think they may be pregnant mm -hmm. through sonogram and making mm -hmm. a decision. You're counseling them. You're sharing the love of Jesus. Yeah. And then if they choose to parent, you're walking with them through parenthood. You're offering classes mm -hmm. and giving them resources. I yeah. mean, the work that you are doing is so holistic and remarkable. Mm -hmm. And I think so affirming of the work that Jesus has, had, has called the church to. Yeah. So yeah. we love you guys that. and are so grateful to partner yes. with you. We love you too. <laughs> yes, definitely. Yeah, I think because we value life, yeah. um, we value the that woman and mm -hmm. who she is, right. who God has made her to be, or the husband, who yeah. he is, or the, the you know the boyfriend, mm -hmm. the father of mm -hmm. the baby, yeah. and helping them mm -hmm. know how much the Lord loves them, yes. what He sees in them, right. 
that's pro-life. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's getting uncomfortable for the sake of Jesus. Like yeah. you are stepping in, yeah. you're, you're showing love, just pursuing yeah. them. So mm-hmm. it's beautiful. And God's just meeting mm-hmm. them where they're at, yeah. I think is so important that mm-hmm. there's no judgment. There's no condemnation, just right. loving them right where they mm-hmm. are. And that no matter yeah. what decision we make, we're still going to be there to help them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love that. Um, so over the last eight months, abortion in Texas has been de facto illegal because of the heartbeat bill that was passed in Texas legislature. So what have you seen or witnessed since that time? <laughs> or how have you prepared for this moment coming uh, following the overturn of Roe? Sure. So, um, <laughs> yeah, so the heartbeat law was put in place. Um, it actually makes a, um, abortion unlawful after a heartbeat can be detected. And so we have seen an upsurge in clients coming into us, abortion-minded, yeah. abortion-vulnerable, um, and many of them are compu- confused about the law and kind of what it means. So it's an opportunity to educate mm-hmm. them for sure. Yeah. Um, but beyond that, um, it's just... Um, you know, finding again those those resources that we can help them and, and make um, just come alongside them and love on them where they're at. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, the heartbeat law has been something we've had to be mm-hmm. um, engaged in and understanding, and then also communicating to them as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think we also have seen um, just there's been a lot more fear out there, mm-hmm. and um, we've seen more clients that are just abortion determined or um, they're just really feeling vulnerable. Mm. They just don't know what to do and they feel like they don't have time. And and so we're seeing them earlier and earlier. And um, we actually installed new ultrasound machines in our clinics. And so we're catching the heartbeat a bit earlier. So we're meeting that need and, Mm -hmm. you know, giving answers right when they need it. So Mm-hmm. Yeah, wow. it's been good, Glenn. Yeah. <laughs> um, so with with this, how should the church respond? Or as believers, how should we be engaging in this conversation on this issue? Yeah, you know, I think it, it in one way is quite simple, right? Mm-hmm. We do justice, we love mercy, mm-hmm. and we walk humbly. Yeah, mm-hmm. I was thinking about that and noticing, you know, we put that on plaques, we put it on t-shirts, and we always seem to leave off the walk humbly part, which I think is the most important part of this conversation. You know, if we're going to be followers of Jesus, if we're going to be Christians, little Christ, you know, trying to follow his example, then Mm -hmm. we need to respond how Jesus would respond. And Mm -hmm. he asked questions. Mm -hmm. He led people to think critically. He led people to think counterculturally. You know, he responded with abundant grace and mercy and compassion. And so, um, those aren't natural human responses, but if right. we're seeking to love like Jesus, that's what mm-hmm. we're going to do. Yeah. Um, I think there's also a practical, holistic approach here. Mm-hmm. I was the morning after the decision. One of my friends, who's been in the movement a long time, she leads one of the largest pro-life organizations in the country. But she was texting me. We both have babies, so we're up at ungodly hours. But um, <laughs> she was saying, like, what if? You know, what mm-hmm. if this is our moment that mm-hmm. God has given us to really talk about issues mm-hmm. in a responsible way? To talk about sex, marriage, relationships, birth control, foster care and adoption. You know, what if this is our moment to really deal with those responsibly? If 85% of the women who get abortions are unmarried, I read that statistic somewhere, Mm -hmm. then this is our opportunity to talk about God's design for marriage and family and what that can look like to have abundant life, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's great. Mm -hmm. I really believe that. I love how Mm -hmm. she talked about loving justice and mercy because I think without compassion, the justice is just meaningless. Mm-hmm. It's not, it's not true justice. Yeah. It's not God's justice. Mm-hmm. And so, um, mm-hmm. when we meet someone who's, you know, in a vulnerable situation to, you know, pounce on all the things that mm-hmm. maybe we think they did wrong, 
that doesn't show the Lord's compassion. I mm-hmm. see Jesus at um, at the well mm-hmm. talking to yes. that woman. Yeah. I see Jesus, um, you know, mm-hmm. dealing with the woman who was caught in adultery, yeah. dealing with her in kindness and mercy. Mm-hmm. And that's what we're all about at Metroplex. We are about loving and meeting people exactly where they are, mm-hmm. listening. Mm-hmm. I think at, you know, as far as as being believers, it's important to be sensitive and to be listening yeah. mm-hmm. and not pushing our own agenda, mm-hmm. but seeing how can we bring the kingdom of God yeah. to bear in this mm-hmm. situation. That's yeah. so good. I love that. Yeah, you're just putting on the character of Christ Absolutely. as you pursue people. You're like, how would Jesus minister yeah. to this woman right now? So yeah. I love that that's your perspective mm-hmm. as you step towards this. So studies show that one in four women in America will have an abortion by age 45. Uh, One study showed that almost four in 10 women who have had an abortion are frequent churchgoers. Um, Another shows half of those regular churchgoers still haven't told anyone in their church about their abortion. So how should the church respond to these statistics and how should we engage women with an abortion in their past? So I know this is, like I said, a very sensitive topic. Women are more than numbers, but this is just to help paint a realistic picture of women in our church right now. Sure, sure. So I'll speak to that a little bit because Mm -hmm. I do have abortion in my past. And um, it was, I had three abortions Mm -hmm. and it was the third one that got my attention and drove me to the Lord. Mm -hmm. And in my church life, it was always on the back burner. You know, I was growing in the Lord. The Lord Mm -hmm. was changing me, renewing me, purifying me. And there was that. It was always sitting back here and just kind of whispering condemnation to me because because it was life, mm-hmm. you know, it was, mm-hmm. it was life. Mm-hmm. And so um, there was a time where a friend invited me to do an abortion recovery group. And I was like, well, I have never done that. I know it's still an issue. I know I fight condemnation on that. So let me get some help. And um, it was amazing. And we went through it together. And the Lord has brought healing. And so, you know, here I am today. But But in churches, I think that's something that we should all be aware of is, you know, that lady right over there may have had it and may be hurting. And so when we're talking about abortion, to be sensitive. And sometimes what it looks like is that person might be really angry about Mm -hmm. this issue. They might be really angry about Roe being overturned. Mm -hmm. And so just to take a little time and listen to what they're saying, but listen with your spirit and ask the Lord about it Mm -hmm. and see how you can meet them and love them. And I, we at Metroplex, we have a program called You Are Treasured and we Mm -hmm. offer abortion healing with that. I know that Fielder does Mm -hmm. Surrendering the Secret. So I applaud you for doing that. And Mm -hmm. more churches, it would behoove them to do that because mm-hmm. when people are set free from shame yes. <laughs> they yes. can be healthy yes, church members and really be vibrant mm-hmm. and helpful in the church mm-hmm. so yeah, I totally yeah. agree with you I was actually in a conversation with a woman in our church mm-hmm. who's an active churchgoer and leader just this last weekend and she was I was asking her how has this conversation affected you and she said excuse me background she has abortion in her past and she was saying this has been so triggering especially when i'm in conversation with other believers who don't know my past Mm -hmm. um i think we can be i think we have to watch how we're talking about it we can sound so judgmental so critical especially when we don't understand um Mm -hmm. you know when we were walking through the adoption process we had someone very close to us uh, find out she was pregnant 
um, not tell anyone and choose an abortion. And there was, it just clicked with me in that moment. You know, it didn't matter how much we loved her, how much we cared for her, how much her community or her church would have, and her family would have wrapped around her. She faced a moment of desperation and the enemy whispered lies to her. Yeah. And she succumbed to those. Um, and it's something that we could never understand, but it's something that should push us as believers to relentlessly pursue people um, and to make ourselves available and open to those conversations, you know, to be people defined by grace and mercy and compassion and not self-righteousness or judgment or shame. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, There's definitely a mission field there. I mean, Mm -hmm. if these statistics hold true and they do, um, that there are people in the church that are truly hurting and Mm -hmm. that need to be set free. And so taking those opportunities to love on them and Mm -hmm. that they could know that there is help out there through various ministries. One more thing I keep thinking, you know, it is the enemy Mm -hmm. that's the one that seeks to kill, still and destroy. You know, he's the one whispering the lies. He's the one telling women that they're not strong enough or they can't handle this. Mm so I think it's it's just a real opportunity for the church to respond. And I want to make sure that we say, if you are listening to this and you have abortion in your past, there is no condemnation. Like Holly said right. earlier, you know, God wants you healthy and whole. We want you healthy and whole. And that yeah. is why we have programs like Surrender the Secret. And we will have a new class launching in August. So please yeah. reach out. We want to mm-hmm. bring you in, surround you with other yes. women who have yeah. the same experiences and who want mm-hmm. to love you through this. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, Glenn, you mentioned at the beginning that adoption and foster care is a part of your story, yeah. <laughs> your family, <laughs> and building your family. So um, adoption and foster care is one of the ways that Christians can provide relief to vulnerable women and children. And we have a thriving ministry at our church that equips and wraps around families who have entered into um, these ministries. So I actually, uh, you know this, but <laughs> I had the privilege of serving as the director of this ministry for a while. And through while my time was there, uh, during my time there serving Uh as director, you and your husband brought home a little girl through domestic adoption. And so what are some ways that this ministry served your family or do you have any advice on how we should be approaching foster care adoption in light of this national conversation? Yes, I have so many things. Um, One, (laughs) we are so grateful for the heart of this church and the heart to pursue the vulnerable and to relieve the vulnerable. And that's in large part one of the reasons that we knew God was calling us here because of that heart. And Mm -hmm. filter foster care adoption, I mean, I can't even speak to the ways that they loved and served us. Um, you know, our adoption was funded in large part by the generosity of individuals in this church who yeah. see the need. Wow. Maybe they're not called to adoption them, or to bring a child in themselves, but they right. know they're called to this ministry. Mm-hmm. Um, we also received Fielder Foster Care and Adoption has a very generous scholarship that is available to all foster care and um, adoptive families. Yeah. Um, but more than meeting our physical needs, the church met our spiritual needs. Um, the enemy was really at work and did a lot to keep our daughter and her birth mom from us. And we prayed, we fasted, our community surrounded us in that and God made a way. Mm-hmm. So we're endlessly, eternally grateful for um, the heart and work of this church. Mm-hmm. Um, and I do have some advice some things that I want to mention. You know, I think it's very important that we enter into this conversation um, about adoption very carefully. Uh, we have to acknowledge that adoption begins with trauma as well. Yeah. Um, it's a complexity there and a nuance, but I think it's important to recognize um, there is a lifetime of healing that's going to have to come for the uh, birth family, for the adopted child, and, and even for the adoptive families. Um, I don't, you know, adoption 
wasn't God's first plan for the world. His first plan was for us to be in perfect communion with him. Um, but even though we rebelled in that, he provided a way out for us by sending Jesus mm -hmm. so that we could be reconciled and adopted yeah. back into his family. So we do have a beautiful opportunity mm -hmm. through adoption to show that love, grace, and mercy uh, mm -hmm. to the world. But in the same way, um, we need to recognize that God's heart for us is ultimately redemption, reconciliation, and restoration. So we're not just saying to women, hey, we're available to adopt your child. We're saying, hey, we're willing and able to take your child in if you're unable to parent. But also we're going to pursue you in the same way that, that Jesus pursued us. Mm -hmm. You know, we were... Um, sorry, I get so like my brain just goes a million different ways mm -hmm. in this. So I, let me... We should be relentless in that pursuit um, mm -hmm. to pray for, to love, empower, and equip parents, whether or not they're choosing adoption or choosing to parent. You know, that is why we partner with people like Metroplex Women's Clinic so that we can provide wraparound care yeah. to um, birth families, whether that means they're parenting or they've chosen adoption. Yeah, that's good. And I, I know you could speak about this all day, and I've heard <laughs> you speak about it all day, but I will just affirm your and your husband's just pursuit of uh, or birth family, or birth mom. And it's beautiful. You've prayed for her. You know, you're prompting people in your community to pray for her, mm -hmm. wrap around her, and you speak about her in, in such a light that's so affirming and uh, blesses those who hear. And so you are, um, yeah, great in that. Oh, so I appreciate, I appreciate that, it. You know. I know, yeah. <laughs> um, so also at Fielder Church, we do strive to be marked by the way that we pursue people and choose radical generosity. Uh, we pray, we serve, we give, uh, we seek to help those in need find healing. And we do this in a variety of ways. So we've got support classes, like you mentioned earlier, community groups that serve monthly. And we have a thriving foster care adoption ministry that we just briefly talked about and prayer partner ministry for expectant moms. But what opportunities to serve would you want to highlight now for our listeners if they say, I'm ready to get yes. engaged? Hey, let's challenge <laughs> the church to step up. So what would you say? I'm so glad serve? you asked. Mm -hmm. One, um, Embrace Grace, if you're familiar with this uh, ministry, is coming back to Fielder. They're going to launch a new group in the fall. Um, this ministry exists to help inspire and equip the church to love and encourage single and pregnant women and their families. So one of our church members, Stephanie, Stephanie Collette, is um, bringing this ministry back to Fielder. And it's an, there's an amazing network in Arlington, and it's something that you should really pursue and be a part of. Mm -hmm. um, community groups, there are lots of groups that serve um, in ways that meet the needs of vulnerable women and children. So join one of those groups or consider having your community group jump into one of those <laughs> ministries. Um, we also have a prayer ministry that I absolutely love. It's called Blessings to Come. This is kind of launched out of our preschool ministry, but it's just an opportunity for women to walk alongside women who are expecting. Now that may mean that you are pregnant. It may mean that you're pursuing foster care or adoption, or it may, may mean that you are seeking a blessing to come and you're walking through infertility or something mm -hmm. like that. Like we wanna walk with you. We wanna pray for you. Um, so that's an opportunity for women who are um, expecting or women who want to walk alongside other women who are expecting to join. And foster, filter foster care and adoption. I want to mention this one thing. I read some statistics the other day that said when abortions are restricted, that more children enter into, into foster care. So there are more children that will need safe homes. And our ministry stands ready to um, walk alongside you if this is something that you feel you're called to. Yeah. And if you don't specifically feel called to bring a child into your home, there are so many other ways mm -hmm. um, that you can serve. Uh, mm -hmm. So reach out to Filter Foster Care and Adoption Ministry. We have a new director there, Erin Benton. Yeah. Mm -hmm. 
And I think that's all. <laughs> yeah, I will speak to that just a little bit since I've yeah, served in that role go. for a little while. Um, yes, if this is something that you're wanting to step into, foster care or adoption, we are connected with local agencies that yes. are caring holistically for the triad. Um, you know, we only choose agencies where they keep the birth family priority as yes. well. And so I, I, like I, I love who we are working with in our community and there really are agencies making a great uh, difference yeah. and are ready to walk alongside you. So um, we will link everything that she just said <laughs> in the show notes below so you can check that out after you finish watching the end of this video. Okay, <laughs> um, the next thing that I would like to ask you guys is, starts off with um, just a st statistic to set up the, uh, the question. So it says, a sociologist at the University of California estimates that between 18 to 20,000 infants are adopted privately in the US each year, while about 900,000 choose abortion. Um, her research also showed that most women who cannot get an abortion do not end up relinquishing their child. In fact, 91% of the women in her study chose to parent. So one of the biggest critiques that made by the pro-choice abortion movement is that pro-lifers only care about the baby until it's born. So one of the reasons our church so intentionally mm -hmm. supports yeah. your clinic is because you take a holistic approach to caring for both the expectant mother, the expectant father, and the baby. So how do you walk with women and men who choose to parent? So I think that's so vital um, just to be uh, holistic in the approach to the physical, the emotional, the spiritual aspect, because each one of those things plays into their decision. And we have to be able to reach those um, effectively. And so um, as far as just, you know, it can be simple, as simple as um, going to pick up, like Stephanie was saying, a package of diapers mm -hmm. or knitting a blanket. We have a tons of ladies that bring up blankets to the pregnancy center or items that go into our gift baskets. It can be very simple things, praying for our ministries and the clients that come through our doors. Mm -hmm. um, there are so many ways to get involved and to use the gifts and the talents that God has given to each of us um, in such a valuable way. And so um, I can assure you that if the Lord is putting this on your heart and this is something that you feel drawn to, there's a place for you at Metroplex Women's Clinic. We are doing so many different things, and we have a lot of um, opportunities to serve and just to really love on um, the vulnerable. And our men's ministry is growing. We actually have five oh, yeah. um, men that are helping us um, work one-on-one -on -one <laughs> with our uh, men that come in, our expectant fathers, just to really pour into them and help them be the men that God has called them and the fathers that God has called them to be. Um, our discipleship um, program, our one-on-one men mentoring program, um, and then our classes, case management to help provide the resources that these women and men need um, in the community, because sometimes that's the biggest barrier is just, where do I start? Where do I even go? I, I'm just feeling at a loss and feel very alone. And so having case management to connect them to other services that can help them. So there's just so many ways to be involved here. And it really is such a blessing. It's so rewarding when you step out in faith and obedience and say, yes, Lord, I'm going. I don't know what this is going to yeah. look like, but I want to honor you. The Lord rewards that. He is so good. So um, come be a part. Yeah, yeah I love that. Yeah. That's so true. And you don't have to be like me and have abortion in your past. Mm -hmm. If you care about 
life if you care about women you care about men you care about babies you care about sharing the gospel you care about <laughs> protecting the orphans you care about ministering to the poor we've got stuff to do at metroplex yeah. <laughs> we can plug you in right, right. and I, I'll, I'll kind of dovetail off of that um i didn't know why the lord brought me to metroplex women's <laughs> clinic um because uh, both of my boys are adopted and mm. i was thinking i'm going to be sitting across from women and they're going to be talking about their pregnancy and oh i'm scared about you know having my baby and that's not something i've ever personally experienced and I thought, Lord, what are you doing? Mm. But I will tell you, I did. I stepped out in faith. I said, God, I feel this is what you called me to, and I have such a passion for this. And I can't tell you how many times I've sought, sat across from a woman who was thinking about adoption, and I got to tell her how oh, grateful wow. I am, what a sacrifice, mm. what a selfish decision, how much that was an answer to our prayers, mm. and that we have an open adoption with our oldest birth mother, and we have gotten to know her and our paths would have never crossed. Yeah. And she is such a gift to us. Yeah. And so you never know what the Lord's doing. You never know how his plans will transpire right. until you say, yes, Lord. So that's, um, that's I've seen that firsthand. Mm. Yeah. Well, keep going on that. I want to hear what are some success stories that you have seen? Oh, that's so fun to talk about. Um, when I saw that question, I was so excited, yeah. just kind of walking down memory lane. Um, one of the stories, I've got a few, so. Hey, tell them all. Okay, Keep going. Yeah. okay. So one story is of a girl that we saw probably about 10 years ago as a teenager, and um, we were able to help her, minister to her, had her baby, and she chose to parent. And um, as she developed as a person and a believer, she began to reach back out to her community. And she's developed her own ministry, wow. and she's helping wow. single moms and single dads uh, with learning skills that will keep them out of circumstances that might put them on the street or homeless situations or wow. even like maybe a dancing situation. Mm -hmm. She's helping them get cash immediately through providing services, mm -hmm. um, cosmetic stuff, hair stuff mm -hmm. so it's so beautiful wow, what is. she's done yeah. so she's amazing yeah. i think mm -hmm. it's called uh, um, ordinary to extraordinary yes oh, I love that so story. that's yeah. a great story that. um let's see you know that was 10 years ago mm -hmm. this past week um yeah. really just the other day yeah. we had a uh, client come in and her um the father of the baby was scheduled as well he really didn't know why he was there and was a little bit you know putting up walls and kind of hostile and yeah. you know so our office manager was great at setting him at ease and said you know we've got somebody here who just wants to help you if you want to talk through what's going on right now mm -hmm. so um that guy got to sit and talk with one of our counselors for about an hour mm -hmm. and he shared his heart and he had a lot going on he was actually raised in the foster system mm -hmm. and um mm -hmm. he had a lot of baggage from that he did not feel like he had any worth um, he was hurting a lot yeah. and, but he did agree to spiritual. So that was really interesting. Wow. Yeah. So the spiritual guy goes in and he'd been caught up to speed, um, on what was going on with him and just kind of sat down and, and began to share the love in the gospel with him. Mm -hmm. And, um, that sweet guy prayed, he prayed to receive Christ. But one of the things he wow. kept saying was, you don't know what I've done. Mm. Wow. And wow. um, it doesn't matter. Mm -hmm. It doesn't matter. And Brett said, mm -hmm. you know, God knew what you did yeah. and he yeah. loves you. He's always mm -hmm. loved you. Yes. He made you. So mm -hmm. just poured truth into him. You're valuable. Mm -hmm. Wow. And so 
he accepted Christ yeah. and, and left completely changed countenance. Mm -hmm. That was one of the things that everybody oh, said wow. when they left. Yeah. His countenance was completely changed. Yeah. So so we have a new little brother in Christ. Yeah. <laughs> so God. sweet and exciting. Yeah. And, and then there's also a couple of glory stories I'll tell you. Yeah. Last year, you may have seen this in some of our emails, but last year we had a client that was um, – very abortion vulnerable, very, very abortion vulnerable, really considering that when she was in our clinic. Um, a few weeks later, she calls and says she's at the airport. She's getting ready to fly to Mexico to have a late term abortion. Wow. And uh, one of our office managers was able to say, hey, hold on a little bit. You said before that you probably really didn't want to make this decision we're still here for you and she, the girl left the airport came wow. back to us wow. Wow. we kept providing mm -hmm. services and she had sweet baby and wow. we're still there for her so mm -hmm. love that story yeah. um more recently mm -hmm. after the heartbeat bill mm -hmm. uh, we had a client that came into our southwest clinic mm -hmm. who um was very abortion determined and they didn't hear the heartbeat with the ultrasound machine so she knew she couldn't get it an abortion here in Texas, mm -hmm. so she chose to go to Oklahoma. That was before they had passed their law. And um, she went to Oklahoma and was at the abortion clinic, and she paid for the abortion. Mm -hmm. And as she was sitting there waiting for the procedure, the things, the truth that she heard at the clinic and the love that she felt there began to flood her heart and her mind and she left wow. she wow. got up God. and left came back mm. and so um wow. i'm not sure quite where she is if she's mm -hmm. about to have the baby or yeah. just had the baby but yeah. um oh. but her grandmother's really happy oh, wow. <laughs> wow. baby's coming and grandma's happy yeah. and um, mom's happy and yeah Praise so God. So if you want some more stories, I can think yeah, of more, say, but you know, there are many the more. Yeah, God's yeah. doing great things. Yeah. And we've been around since uh, 1984, mm -hmm. seeing over 107,000 wow. clients. Wow. Wow. And Fielder's been part of that. Mm -hmm. so. and you have multiple clinics. Yeah. You just, just have one. Yeah. yeah, tell us a little bit maybe about where you're at in the city or your reach. I don't know if people... Yeah. yeah, so we actually have three locations right now. One in North Arlington near I-30 mm -hmm. and East Chase. We have two in South Arlington, one off of Collins by the airport mm -hmm. and one in um, Southwest Arlington off of 287 and Turner Warnell. So we kind of make a triangle around the yeah. city and uh, we're able to reach a lot of people who are in Mansfield as well as a lot of people in um, Arlington and uh, and surrounding cities. Talk about so. Arlington Resale. Yes. Oh, I'm so excited <laughs> to tell you about that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So one of the ways that we help not only our clients and the community is we have three resale stores, mm -hmm. Arlington Resale and Arlington Resale 2 and Arlington Resale 3. Um, and so uh, all of those stores are in South Arlington, but Arlington Resale One is a huge store. It's um, got gorgeous stuff. It's a way that maybe people don't have extra money to support the clinic, but they can donate there and that supports the clinic. Mm -hmm. We give all of our clients who have positive tests or participate in educational classes, mm -hmm. gift certificates to use there. Mm -hmm. So that's been a real blessing. and. Tons of things have gone out through that. Um, mm -hmm. We have a small boutique one on Collins next door to the uh, clinic there. And then on 287, we have a beautiful mm -hmm. um, store that's got antiques and things mm -hmm. like that in there. So, But it's all donated mm -hmm. yeah. from the community. Yeah. Great. So. 
Um, so you briefly touched on it a little bit about maybe what the church members could do, but if somebody is thinking right now, mm -hmm. I want to come and serve alongside what God is doing at Metroplex Women's Clinic, how do they take their first step? <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. So I'll answer that. Mm -hmm. um, so we have a lot of information on our websites, um, for which is friendsofmwc.com or arlingtonresale.com. But mm -hmm. it's as simple as just um, reaching out to us through phone or email or even online for um, if you want to volunteer at our resale stores, you can get the application for that online. Um, but I would love to talk with you. Um, so those calls usually filter through me and I can share with you all the different opportunities mm -hmm. and just kind of gauge um, where you would fit in best. Mm -hmm. um, and um, so I would be more than happy to um, talk with you about that and let you know what, where you could plug in. Awesome. If you'd say there were three needs, your top three needs, yeah. is it nurses, is mm -hmm. it sure. what? Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. So I would say um, nurses are a, a huge need. We um, actually, the way that that works is all of our clients who come in for a pregnancy test meet with a nurse for the pregnancy test and consultation, and then also for sonogram um, in most cases. So nurses are huge. Um, volunteer client coordinators and spiritual mentors who meet one-on-one -on -one with our clients who come in for a pregnancy test. Mm -hmm. And then class instructors are a big need um, right now. So if you have a gift with teaching or maybe mm -hmm. a um, we want to bring in a new class uh, on a, a topic we haven't done before, we'd love to do that. That. So we're really trying to grow that program so it can just be really comprehensive. And again, all of our services are free. So these classes, even that are taught by nurses and registered childbirth educators, those yeah. are taught completely free of charge to our mm -hmm. clients. So it's an amazing um, way for them to get mm -hmm. the things that they need. Awesome. Um, before we close out, are there is there anything that you want to leave our listeners with? that you are just like itching to share, <laughs> just an encouragement or a challenge, or maybe it's just some resources if they wanna learn about this further. Well, I just think this is such an opportunity for the church to really um, engage. Mm -hmm. And this is mm -hmm. um, a, a huge opportunity for us to be a lighthouse and to reach out to our community and um, show them the love of Jesus. And yeah. um, there's going to be so many needs. The needs are only going to grow. Mm -hmm. um, it doesn't stop here. Yes, we had some success with this ruling, mm -hmm. but um, we have such a harvest or a, um, a mission field, like yeah. I said, um, nice. and the fields are ripe for mm -hmm. harvest. Yes. So get involved. Um, use your gifts and talents for his glory. I think we're really going to see the church shine in this, these, this next generation. So yes. I'm excited. Yeah. Completely agree mm -hmm. with that. There's yeah. so many um, easy ways to get involved mm -hmm. from praying at mm -hmm. home mm -hmm. or come join us on Monday mornings. We yeah. pray for an hour every Monday morning. Okay. Um, we need people at the resale store to help sort things. We need people to shop there, yeah. you know. Yeah. So <laughs> yeah. prayer, financial donations, um, we can plug you in any mm -hmm. way that the Lord's gifted yeah. you. So Y'all have a big gala coming up? We do. Oh. We're so excited. Yes. Um, Share a little bit about it, okay. please. <laughs> so um, we do have a gala coming up in October. It's on Thursday night, which we've never done a Thursday night. So this oh. is going to be different for us. We're excited. But our speaker this year is Bob Goff. And and oh, if you've so been involved with Young Life or anything yeah. like that, you know Bob Goff. If you've read the book Love Does, you know Bob Goff. Mm -hmm. yeah. And he's recently written a new book called Undivided. And I'm currently reading Undistracted. But Undivided, too. Are you sure about that? <laughs> <laughs> I think I'm undistra undistracted yeah, right now. <laughs> but it's been such a joy yeah. to read. He's going to bring, bring a lot of joy mm -hmm. at this time. And I think, I think it's a good time to have him you know yeah. it's it's exciting so awesome. yeah.
All right. I do have a couple books. Yes, maybe. please share. Well, yeah. Good. First of all, does Maddie too. and I were sharing notes. And she <laughs> noted Image Bearers yeah. by Herbie Newell. Mm-hmm. Herbie Newell? Newell. Herbie Newell. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Um, mm-hmm. The Case for Life, Scott Cl- yes, Klusendorf. put that on my list. He yeah. doesn't, he's just, he's an apologist and mm-hmm. does a great job of talking mm-hmm. through the issue. And I would say anything by Randy Alcorn. Mm-hmm. When I was in yeah. college and working through Am I Pro-Life mm-hmm. or not, um, he really helped me with some of his books. So there's pro-life answers to pro-choice arguments and why pro-life. And then I would say there's a lot of information flying around right now, social media and, <laughs> yeah. and the media itself. Mm-hmm. Um, the Charlotte Lozier Institute, L-O-Z-I-E-R, I'll send you all this yes. information. But they provide great research and have done really helpful fact checks and mm-hmm. stuff as this conversation has transpired. Yeah. So they're a really good resource as well. Right. These are going to be very long show notes. So <laughs> everything that we have talked about today will be down there for you to just click the link. So um, I have loved our conversation. It has blessed me and I know it's going to bless our listeners. Thank you for your time, your wisdom, your insight, and just your heart to tell others about Jesus and uh, just emulate his character. And so you guys are a blessing to our community and to me as a friend, you know. Um, thank you again for tuning into the Fielder Church podcast. Like I said, you can check out the show notes below. We would love your feedback on this episode. Drop a comment below if you're watching on YouTube, or you can go to fielder.org slash podcast, submit feedback or a comment there. I hope this message blessed you to exhale the gospel wherever you go. Well, I hope you enjoyed today's show. Let us know if you have any questions or feedback from today's episode by going to fielder.org slash podcast, or if you're watching on YouTube, just leave a comment below. If you enjoyed today's podcast, make sure to leave a rating and review. That helps this message reach more people in our community because it's our hope this podcast will equip you and many others to live as a follower of Christ outside the walls of the church.